Gone. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Some things to on think about. Pod- oh, speaking of things to think about, there's one Ashley Victoria Robinson who we're always thinking about. Hello, I have seen Black Widow. If anybody wants spoilers, yes, I will please. tell you. Oh, why don't we, how about we just go ahead and make a transition right now into the main show. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. It is a general chat episode. If you want to get into our thoughts on are we living in a simulation, uh, we just spent a whole bunch of time in the Major Spoilers pre-show uh, talking about that. And I've got some thoughts on conspiracies uh, here in just a little bit. But first, Ashley, Victoria Robinson, is it is it okay to... To uh, share some some spoilering stuff or some review stuff on the Black Widow, or has the embargo lifted, or what's going on? Yeah, baby, it lifted this morning. Oh, <laughs> then please, please dish. Now, did you watch at home or did you go to the theater on this one? Oh no, we watched it at home. Good. Yeah, LA Good County's like, hey, even if you're vaccinated, please still wear your please mask. Please don't. Please yeah, no. <laughs> please, 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 please. Yeah, please yeah it's really no, funny. The World Health Organization has said even if you're vaccinated, go ahead and continue to wear your mask because of the Delta variant. Yep. So, yep. yeah, I think I'm going to start wearing my mask again when I go back outside. But Yeah, I've been, I've never stopped, but. Anyway, Ashley, tell us all about the Black Widow. Some, I saw one review today, I think it was on Variety, that said this is a lot more nuanced than, than the trailers let on. Oh, I wouldn't be um, quite so generous with it myself. <laughs> um, I would say that if it had happened in phase one, it, it probably would have been really spectacular. Um, but given that we know what happens to. Nat, it definitely feels a little too little too late. Mm, one um, of those, the hero's and, not uh, in jeopardy kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, Florence Pugh runs away with the movie. She's really, really incredible in it. Um, so you're you're watching, in my opinion, you're watching the movie for her, which for me is an issue. I think she's awesome. Um, it's slow oh. <laughs> in the middle. Um, but I think your mileage on it is going to vary depending on how much you care, how much of a Marvel MCU fan specifically you are. So mm-hmm. personally, I'm a little, I'm like edging on Marvel out. Mm. Um, is, so is that because, because we've movie. just been inundated with Marvel stuff like Loki and, and Scarlet, uh, Scarlet or uh, WandaVision and all the other stuff? Or is it just because... This well, it's second. because Endgame, in my opinion, closed the, mm. <laughs> ended the conversation on sure. it. It's been 15 years. Yeah. Um, it's not like I still can't be surprised by things. Um, I, I found WandaVision very charming and very, very surprising. Um, not perfect, mm-hmm. but I really appreciated like the swings it took, and I thought it was really cool. Um, but I don't think Black Widow, it, in my opinion, comes up to that same level. Now, I have already seen... Some people, um, particularly like female and, and femme people who um, are very, very positive on it. And I'm I'm super, super happy for them. But I'm surprised that this is the movie. But uh, to me, the movie itself doesn't stand up next to some of the other solo movies that we've seen. But I think it's going to be an important movie in terms of our cultural um, footprint and being like the first one back in the theaters. Mm. But I mean... Mm-hmm. It's more Yelena's origin story um, yeah. in terms of like the impactful story than it is anything to do with uh, Natasha up to this point. I see. So um, what is it? F9, we go into space. Uh, that like made a big uh, impact in the box office. Uh, people are like, ah, this is the movie that proves the theaters are coming back. 
Uh, do you think that the, that uh, Black Widow was going to outperform Fast and the Furious oh, 900? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would have. I was very interested in the movie's release um, because I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't like in my, again, in my opinion, we should have had black widow in phase one or at least in yeah. phase two. Like, um, so yeah. I didn't, I didn't really know how it was going to be received, but I think now given the, the panini, I think it's going to destroy, it's going to win all box offices since last year. Interesting. Um, do you think it would be different if you, if had you'd seen this in a theater? You think your reaction would be different? For me personally, uh, no. I mean, to be fair, I don't particularly care for any of the Black Widows. So, uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I was just curious because I was thinking about that the other day. You know, I'm not a huge fan of, I mean, I like going to the movies. I like seeing a giant screen and hearing a great sound system and feeling that rumble when it's time to rumble. I'm not a big Mm. fan, as I've talked endlessly about people jabberjawing on their phone, talking to each other. I don't like it when I'm in a, in a theater and it's a very quiet moment of, uh, you know, the, uh, the quiet place. And all of a sudden you're hearing, uh, you know, the explosions coming from the next theater. Um, I'm not a big yep. fan of that kind of stuff, but I understand that, you know, being a, in a group sometimes can be very exciting, but at the same time, I know that I can sit in my own, uh, home theater area and watch on a very large TV screen with a very good system. Now I can't turn it up as loud as I want because there are neighbors and there are kids that are trying to sleep when I'm usually watching movies. Um, so I know that that kind of colors my, and the fact that I can pause it and get up and go do whatever I want, um, kind of colors my view of certain movies. Um, so I didn't know if that was the experience that, that you or some of the other people here have. I will tell you this. I am, um, I am excited to have many more things come on demand. I like watching movies from my home. I well, am a, so I'm, following I'm, in Matthew's footsteps. I am very curious because I have no real rush to get back to the theater. Uh, I thought about it the other day. I was like, oh, do I want to go back to the theater? And then I thought about the sticky floors and the fact that their soda machines don't work and the poor customer service. And I was just like, no, I'm, I'm not going back. Um, well, and you know, in their defense, they suck. Um, so, you know, not every theater is terrible. Every theater I've been to save for the Irvine spectrum has sucked. Um, and that includes, you know, that includes the Fox theater in Atlanta. And I know people are like, gasp, what? And it's like, no, seriously, uh, I've been to multiple movies at the Fox theater in Atlanta. And even though they try to put on a good show, it's still, I I think it's just the people, the people are the worst. Um, that's, that's what makes it a miserable experience. Well, you know, Sartre said and all that. (laughs) Um, I thought, um, I thought that Irvine spectrum died piloting his rocket ship and got (laughs) when he got hit by cosmic radiation. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. No, I really like the Irvine spectrum when I was down there. I don't know if you've ever been down there, Ashley, you got to go all the Uh, way down to orange County. I, I don't think so. Yeah, probably not. You would remember you know where Irvine had. is, right? I mean, I'm aware that it's in LA County. Oh uh, no, it's in, uh, it's might in be Orange, Orange County, it's Orange but County, I know yeah. it's attached to LA. If you keep driving eventually yes. in some direction, you'll hit it. <laughs> yes. Just take the, I think it's the, I think you can take the five and you just if go you reach south. Guadalajara, and you'll hit it. You've gone too far. <laughs> I think it's where the five. I, first. I forget what, I think there's like a crossover between two interstates or something down by where the spectrum is. I can't remember. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I know the where the five is. Um, the two, no, the two hundred five. You'd always take the two hundred five. Oh, you go all Ashley, the way around. I have a fourteen-year-old who is driving now. 
Does he want a job? Because I would love to hire a driver. Well, he's only in his learner's permit stage. And I honestly think that if you dropped him into L.A. traffic right now, he would have a complete freak out. He would truly be not the worst motorist. Well, no, he's actually he has with me now. He has almost five hours worth of driving under his belt with just me. And today when we went out to drive, I was just like, drive wherever you want. I don't care. And if I have to grab the wheel, I'll grab the wheel. Um, but I was just like, you drive wherever you want. And we have a lot of construction going on on one of our main streets right now. And he decided that he wanted to go up that through the, these quote unquote roundabouts that they have created. And, um, he handled it fine. I did keep my hand on the steering wheel just in case, uh, through that section, but he was fine with it. So I, I have a feeling once he's got some interstate experience under his belt, he'll be fine in, in LA or wherever he wants to go. So. Do I get a cool hat and do you have benefits? Because I'd be happy to be your driver. Oh, I can't promise benefits. But I, could, I, I could even affect the Brooklyn accent over here. <laughs> like, Excuse me, uh, Ms. Robinson would like to know if you could move, please. I, right. I, was, I was curious, though. Do you though, break thumbs? Exactly. I, I was <laughs> curious, though. Do you guys think that um, these streaming services, I know we've got Windows down to 30 days, I think, at Universal. Maybe it's only 45 days at Universal. But I know that theatrical window is closing. Do you think we'll see HBO continue to say, no, we're going to go ahead and release simultaneously? Or do you think they're also going to go to that 45 window in 2022? It depends on how much money they're making. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't read anything about how successful it is. But I know that um, just now, before the show, I was clicking through channels and um, Bill and Ted Face the Music was on. And I was like, uh-huh. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, yeah, that was six months ago. But, yeah, I mean, being able to see things on HBO immediately or, you know, within even within a 30-day window, I feel like is great. I don't have to leave my house. I don't have to talk to people. But I think it's really going to come down to are they making enough money to offset however much heat that they're getting from the film industry? Rodrigo, do you have thoughts? Um, my thought is that they're going to go back to theater first. Status I think quo. that, yeah, I, I think that this was a, um, it was a, a risk and they took it and I think it paid off for them. But if they see the opportunity to go back to the status quo, they probably will. Now that's with a big asterisk. If the status quo is going to itself come back, um, right since we are really not out of it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just curious. I would kind of, I was kind of really hoping that, you know, the, the studios would look at their streaming services and say, no, this, this works for us. This is really good. Even if it is Disney saying, Hey, we're going to charge you 30 bucks to watch uh, black widow or whatever it is on day of release. Right. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they're just like, yeah, we'll continue at that $30 price range. Cause uh, to be honest, uh, what was it? A couple of years ago, many years ago, when major spoilers first started, um, I was like, I'd pay 50 bucks for that. I think that that's, that's reasonable. And if people sure. want to keep it at 30, I'll, I'll still pay $30 so that the family can watch it as many times as they want. Once they've, they've unlocked it. Cause even though, uh, with Luca last week, Ashley, uh, you and I just kind of giving it a so, so the youngest mm-hmm. has watched it now, I think three or four times. So had, and had Disney charged us 30 beautiful. bucks for that, that would have been, you know, worth that would have been totally worth the price of admission. You're right, Matthew. So yep. I'm just very, I'm just very, very interested in that. 
So uh, I think the minute you see a, 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 a picture make anywhere close to, and it might be Black Widow, uh, anywhere close to what we're used to seeing, I think mm-hmm. that's when we start to see people walk back. back. I think theater, HBO yeah. might be the only ones to stick to it because they already laid out their slate for this year. Yeah, they kind of back themselves into a corner, right? Whereas Black Widow has always been... Give me that been... dune, hide home from my couch. I yes. know, right? Black Widow bounced around so much because there was that theatrical release specification on it. And um, I think that that is what was holding Marvel Disney back from getting that out sooner. I I maintain the conspiracy theory that ScarJo had points off the back end and she was like, the hell you're going to put well, this and, right on and streaming. That's, I, I'm pretty sure that her contract was it had to have a theatrical release. Yeah. Uh, and so that was that was it. Um, speaking of conspiracy theories, dear listeners, if you want to hear us talk about uh, living in a simulation uh, or anything like that, you can go check out the Major Spoilers pre-show. You do need to be a patron for that over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. You do need to be a $5 member. That's the silver level or higher to get access to that. And I want to thank uh, Jeff Beasley, uh, Jeff Grimshaw, Mindy Fike, and Damien, who are all new uh, Patreons over this past week. Thank you so much, guys. For being part of the major spoilers experience, uh, without you, we wouldn't be able to uh, do these kinds of things. But getting back to conspiracy theories, it's all uh, for you, Damien. We're there. doing it for you. Yes. Uh, find out more. Patreon.com/slash/majorspoilers. Let's get. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to jump into two things. Number one, uh, some people what? have asked, "What about bonus tracks? Can we do a bonus tracks?" Even just a couple of weeks ago, Matthew was like, "Hey, we should do a bonus tracks on Fast Times at Ridgemont High." And I'm like, "Yeah, that would be great. In fact, we could even do a watch party." with our patrons um, if you want to do that. So here's the deal. If we can get 25 new patrons from today at the $5 or higher level, and you can go and look and see what all the things are, we'll do that Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and we'll get everybody, as many people uh, from the Major Spoilers uh, Podcast Network involved, and we'll, if, if it's on a streaming service that allows to do um, you know watch parties, then we'll totally do that as the next thing. But we need 25 new patrons for that. Uh, we are currently sitting at, let me look here right now. I think we're at 509 or 510. Yeah, 508 is where we're at for patrons. So we need to add 25 onto that. And 543. Uh, yeah, 543 new patrons. Whenever we hit that, we'll go ahead and do that, uh, that bonus, that bonus. Wait, trade. 533. My math is bad. So here's the other thing that has that has cropped up. Um, people have asked multiple times, especially on our top five show, uh, where we count things down from number five to number one. Everybody loves a list. The topics range from video games and comic books and cartoons and movies and all sorts of different things. But one request that we keep getting a lot of is conspiracy theory request episodes. Now, here's the thing. I like a good conspiracy theory, Right. Roswell, I think, is a great, fun conspiracy theory. I think, um, you know, the, the thing of do we live in a in a simulation is a fun conspiracy theory. I think, um, you know, Bigfoot is a great conspiracy kind of theory kind of thing. I like that kind of stuff. And I would have no problem doing a top five episode about conspiracy theories. However, things have gotten a little weird in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Maybe even six years if you want to go back that far. But in the last six years, conspiracy theories have moved into some what I consider some dangerous territories, yes. culminating with what we saw on the January 6th uh, incident up in Washington, D.C. And so I think that 
you know, to really get into conspiracy theories, that would be fine. But there are things that I consider problematic conspiracy theories. The, you know, the, yeah. the Twin Towers was a controlled demolition. Uh, you know, yeah. Donald Trump actually won uh, the election. Uh, you know, QAnon, whatever that thing's all about. Those are, to me, are very dangerous conspiracies. And those are things that I probably wouldn't, you know, those are the things right now, if, if we were to do something uh, related to conspiracy theories, I think people would have a freak out because they would think that that's all we're going to talk about. Or they would jump on our cases because we didn't talk about those right. kind of conspiracy theories. Give me a hollow moon that's actually a satellite monitoring us. Love it. You know, give me uh, the, the b- birds were all replaced by the CIA and they're all robots spying on America. Love that. Yeah. But getting Those into some the of the squirrels, Rick and Morty showed me that in a TV episode <laughs> and TV never lies. Yeah, there you go. But get into some of these other conspiracy theory type things. And I'm just like, no, I think that that's dangerous. Uh, that uh, one woman, I, I don't remember if she's doing it for her PhD or if she was doing it for a master's thesis, but um, she created this kind of inverse pyramid of conspiracy theories and where you cross from being fun and harmless conspiracy theories to now you're into some dangerous territory stuff and you need to be aware because that, you know, sets people off and gets people to do some very bad things. Um, mm-hmm. It's fascinating videos. If you, if you want to go and track those down, uh, I think she's a fascinating person to have just sat down one night and said, Oh, this, this is how I would classify these. I'm not sure I would put, I'm not sure I agree with all the conspiracy theories and where she places them on her, you know, kind of Maslow's hierarchy of conspiracy theories, uh, pyramid, but mm-hmm. um, she makes some very good arguments in that. I don't know what you guys think about the conspiracy theory, but for people that have been asking about top five conspiracy theory stuff, I'm I'm totally out of that because, you know, I loved Art Bell for what Art Bell was, but he also introduced the world to Alex Jones and Alex Jones, I think, is one of the problems. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So there you go. It's it, it's a hard line. You know, it's a, it's a very hard line to to toe because. I mean, for me, it's always fascinating to talk about, hey, did Jim Morrison actually fake his own death? And was he living in Paris as James Douglas Morrison? Or, you know, who was behind the death of Dorothy Kilgallen? Was all of this stuff, you know, mutated weird stuff from the Odessa pipeline? Whatever you're looking into, it's fun to look at that, but it also has the danger. And I think the danger aspect of most of the modern conspiracy theories is that the selling point is you are one of the smart ones. The sheep don't realize what you know because you're so smart. And I think that's that's where you get into the dangerous territory is that you're building these cult-like followings because you're literally flattering people or and just telling not even, them how awesome they are to be a part of the secret, you know, insiders who know the truth. Just no, just creating creating a cult-like mentality, I think, is more yeah. dangerous and, and creating cult-like personalities and then start taking advantage of people who you know, truly believe that these things are happening. That I think is, is where you get into dangerous territory. I, I'd like some perspective from our international, uh, co-hosts here, Ashley and, and Rodrigo on this. <laughs> Do you, we're I talking mean, about, we're Americans. That's right. <laughs> oh, that, right. I forgot. Legally and officially. July 4th is coming up. Uh, happy independence day. Yay. Uh, welcome to America. No, but I'm, I'm serious. Like Ashley, you, pro- you, um, have been in the United States the least, but I'm sure that even up in Canada, you've heard some crazy American uh, conspiracy theories coming out of America. And I didn't know what your thoughts were on, on some of these uh, things. Um, I think you make a really interesting point 
about like us trying to do it or anyone trying to do it as entertainment value because like mm-hmm. I love a cryptid. I want to talk about Paul McCartney and his clone. There's yeah. a great comic book they made about that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there are conspiracy theories across all nationalities across all belief systems like even i i think if people have been listening to this show long enough and even just this particular episode you could probably figure out where we fall in some of the things that steven mentioned earlier um but unfortunately it is something that comes across the board and i don't know man things are kind of bad right now yeah <laughs> maybe let's do cryptids first yeah yeah that'd be fun uh Ab- abby richards is the um is the woman who created the conspiracy theory uh chart uh, you can go check that out. She's done several videos on YouTube about it. I will say my favorite conspiracy theory is that John Benet Ramsey grew up to be Katy Perry, and you will never convince me otherwise. <laughs> what about the uh, what about the um, uh, the Denver International Airport is mm, uh, is the, the hub of the Illuminati, and that's why they have the Devil Horse out front, so and that the government. The Denver- uh, the Denver oh, like airport is the only airport that ever lost my luggage. So I hate them and I don't want to give them that much credit. <laughs> you know, Otter used to live under the, uh, traffic patterns of Denver international. And I can tell you from staying in his house, that place is a hellscape. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Rodrigo, do you want to weigh in on our, uh, on my reasonings for conspiracy theories? Kind of, I mean, I don't mind if you, if we want to talk about it, right. If we want to have like a semi-informed conversation sure. about it, but I don't, uh, there was another podcast today that was talking about, not today, but this week that I listened to that talked about the Florida um, condo collapse. Oh, and, oh, and the person oh. said, hey, that looked like a controlled explosion. I was like, nope, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm not going down that rabbit hole with you. Uh, that is how we got Alex Jones, and I'm not buying into that. So, yeah, I mean, give give me the Richard Hoagland to- talking about uh, every time there was a ninety nine point uh, 1999 sale or $19.95 sale at Old Navy. That was the that was the time when the, the Illuminati, dog whistle. Yeah, that was the the time that you were supposed to go to Old Navy and you were going to be led into the back room into a teleconference talking about the New World Order. That kind of stuff is fun and crazy. Uh, but uh, talking about a controlled explosion and a horrible accident, I'll pass. Yeah, the, the problem is, is that it is fun and crazy as long as you don't believe it. Right. When people start mm-hmm. believing them, even even wacky theories like that are actually kind of dangerous, even if just because of the misinformation of them, right? Right. Um, lots of people believe in ancient aliens. A- ancient aliens is uh, a conspiracy theory that is often u- uh, either used to perpetuate or itself just naturally perpetuates sort of like racist ideas about um, Mesoamerica, about Africa, about other places where, you know, obviously the Romans didn't need help from aliens building their aqueducts, but the Mayans did, you had help from aliens building their pyramids, right? It's that sort of thing that just kind of naturally happens. And, and in fact, it's still around. We're about to, uh, see the glory that is Marvel's, the, um, oh, the Eternals, they? the Eternals, uh, which is based on an ancient aliens thing. It's based, it's based on Kirby's work after he clearly just sat and just ate, just oh, devoured yeah, chariots, chariots of the gods, of the gods yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, 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 I love this. Um, so, so here we are this far out, that stuff is still around. And I know because I've talked to people who straight up believe that. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, People who believe the earth is flat. That is a problem. 
You know, it's like, it's anti-scientific. Yes. There's people that believe that the Earth is hollow. And again, we read a thing where Batman goes to ho- hollow Earth or where Atomic Robo goes to hollow Earth. And that's fun. It's fiction, right? It's it's cute. Um, but when people start believing it for real, it causes problems. And it causes like this myriad of like little uh, like hairline fractures mm-hmm. that can then be exploited by people that want to A... Uh, separate people from their money uh, by by pulling on these conspiracy theory ideas and or, because really they're together, push a political ideology onto people right. because they're already susceptible because of these theories. So yep. even the even the harmless ones, a lot of the time I'm like, Ugh. well, and that's, you know, that's one of the lectures that I teach when I teach my intro to electronic media is, you know, how did we get to now is the title of the lecture. And it's basically talking about the equal time. Uh, that was in place up until the 1980s, where if you were going to have a view that was, for example, pro-abortion, you had to have someone come on that would be anti-abortion. If you wanted to have someone that was pro-drugs, you had to have someone that comes on and be anti-drugs. And for a lot of radio and television stations at the time, that was very hard to do because how do you find fair and balanced uh, in that in that experience in trying to present a, uh, you know opposing views and when it comes to religion, all views, right? And so then they got together and in the 80s, they convinced Ronald Reagan to deregulate uh, radio and television and remove the equal time rule. And so that's when you had the rise of, you know, the the um, that's yeah, you had the Alex, not the Alex Jones, but you had the Art Bells and you had the Rush Limbaugh's and, you know, and not to be, you know, let's let's keep it fair. That's also when you had the rise of the Howard Stern's. And what they could do. The problem is when you're on late night and you're trying to fill a hole with whatever it can be, whether Art Bell uh, believes in half the things that he he uh, had on his show mm-hmm. or not, he did right. introduce people to the world of Alex Jones and, you know, as part of the Illuminati conspiracy, uh, leading them down the, uh, uh, what is that, the uh, Bilderberg uh, uh, conference and the secret things that they would do in the woods. And then, of course, that gave Alex Jones a platform, as you said, Rodrigo, to get people to move over to his uh, you know, his, uh, whatever that, that thing is that he does. And then that, you know, builds up and leads to problems that we have today. So this isn't something that is just a recent phenomena. It's, it's something that has been around for, you know, 40 years. Um, yeah. so it's, it's kind of, kind of scary in that, in that sense. And that, that anti, you know, anti-science is, is kind of a continuation of the anti-establishment, and you can, I mean, you can trace this back decades, but I like to think about when we were in college, when, you know, one of the big motives was trust no one. The truth is out there. Everything is all about, you know, unseen, hidden conspiracies and coincidences. And I feel like it's no coincidence, for lack of a better word, that so many people who grew up, you know, imbibing that pop culture the way that we all did, grew up to believe that everything is probably false and that nobody knows what's really going on and everything is always happening in secret back rooms filled with smoke and guys making decisions that you don't even know about. Yeah. Well, I think that there's and- there's there's a cynicism there. There's, you know, um a kind of that that ironic viewpoint has actually turned into pure real natural cynicism that everything is evil and bad at some level and everything you know is wrong. It's also just really easy to write. Oh yeah. Because you like, know, and then see that's, that's one of the more interesting things is while yeah. the, um, while the rise of the internet and the rise of, you know, radio, well, more so radio and, um, consolidated networks where you could have 
a show like Coast to Coast AM be literally around the world. At the same time, the Internet uh, made it possible for us to actually go in and search for some of this stuff, whether it be correct right. information or not correct information. But prior to like 95, you could have a conspiracy theory about, you know, man didn't actually go to the moon. It was all faked run for 30 plus years. Yep. Um, but, you know, our listeners are smart. They don't fall into that kind of stuff. Right, Matthew? Instead, they know that they're getting the truth from us all the time in our own our own thoughts. And we're bringing yes. them to only the smartest and the greatest of our listeners our, around the world and maybe throughout the universe. Truth. That's and that right. is and that is why Not the coolest kids go to Patreon dot com slash major spoilers <laughs> to find even more information on uh, what's really going on. That's right. And the really, really cool ones link their Patreon accounts to the major spoilers discord. That's right. Who get access to the secret back rooms, the smoke filled. That's channels, right. Where decisions are made and shows are created. Maybe you can even come and listen to us record, uh, the, uh, the dueling review podcast live Thursday night at Please eight o'clock. Do. The more people there are, the nicer Steven. We is do have, because we do have the witnesses. stages. We have the stages set up to where people can actually like raise their hand and ask a question. So, uh, like Marshall was on part of the show a couple of weeks ago and we had, mm-hmm. oh, I forget what his name was, uh, who was just in recently who, uh, jumped yes. in at the end of the show and was asking us a Q and a, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. really great. One when of people our, can one do of our newest, uh, no, I think he's been I think, during that show. I think, well, he had forgotten to link it or he had linked it a while ah. ago and it got broken and he got it back again. But yeah, he's been a patron at, you know, he's one of our t-shirt level patrons. Oh, uh, I love speak, those guys. They get yeah, shirts. yeah, yeah. No, they're really cool. And we do have. Uh, the reason why we have a general chat this this week is because it's kind of the July 4th week, uh, even though next week is probably closer to the July 4th than this week. But, um, you know, July 4th, that is the major spoilers birthday will be 15 years old this year. And uh, people who are signing up at the T-shirt level uh, will get a special exclusive 15th anniversary major spoilers T-shirt coming their way. Probably, I think the way that it works out is um, uh Everybody who signs up in July, because that's officially when the new T-shirts uh, time set, uh, starts, that goes to the printer in August. And then in September, people get their shirts uh, for that. But uh, you can find out more at patreon.com slash major spoilers. The smart people know. Uh, do you guys have any July 4th plans, Ashley, uh, Rodrigo, Matthew? I'm a word. Well, I was, I was going to travel, but now we're not. So, Oh, yeah. Kansas see? is on. Kansas is on the banned list for uh, California. So if you're a California resident, you are not allowed to travel to Kansas. Uh, well, is that true? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. There's we like had 15, someone we were going to see get COVID. Yeah, there are 15 they are states. There are 15 states that Californians are not allowed to travel in right now. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Even well, though, even though I, our state I has not had... Although our state has not had a COVID related case since the 16th of the month. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yep. double check, but I had seen that uh, flash by from a semi reputable source uh, earlier today. So I was just like, Oh, great. Yeah. I, I saw that as well. And you know, we've locally, uh, I believe the, in, the positive infection rate was about 4%, which is the lowest I've seen it in yeah. a while. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. You know, I'm actually going to be working the fourth because there are 15 of us and six legal holidays. So every mm. other year you have to work one. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to get paid a relatively obscene amount of money to sit and, you know, watch cartoons. There I would watch the Twilight Zone. But once again, I'm being betrayed by the sci-fi network for like the third year running. No 
freaking did they moved Twilight it, Zone Didn't they move marathon. it to New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or something? They used to do both. Uh, throughout the 2010s, they had been doing both. And then in mm. 2017, they stopped doing the July 4th and only did the New Year's. Mm. Speaking of but, conspiracy theories and the satanic panic, uh, Rodrigo, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, now part of Magic the Gathering? What's going on with that? Do you, do you know anything about that? That was just announced today. They unveiled everything. Uh, yeah, uh, they've been talking about it for a bit. Um, so, uh, Wizards of the Coast, the company that owns both Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons, has been looking at Magic the Gathering and being like, hey, there's some money to be made here. And looking at Dungeons and Dragons and being like, and you're nice too, Jimmy. <laughs> um, so, they've they've been looking for ways to kind of get both brands peanut butter and chocolate together um they they did it kind of in the opposite direction uh several years ago where they released a source book for dungeons and dragons fifth edition that took place in ravnica which is oh, right. one of the yeah. places mm-hmm. uh for magic the gathering this specific thing comes as a as part of this kind of this initiative that's been kind of slowly taking shape um I don't know if you guys remember a few, I don't know, last year, two years ago. Um, I think it was last year. Uh, they had those Godzilla magic cards. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so those just, you could buy a Godzilla version of the magic card or a normal version of the magic card, which did not have a Godzilla monster. It had a different monster. Oh, right. But they were playable. They were just interchangeable, right? It's like mm-hmm. this right. Godzilla card, like basically this Toho monster card. Um, stands for this card that is that exists in the game right i think after that i think this is the order after that they did a uh the walking dead promotion and they actually introduced brand new cards that are playable in certain formats that are just the walking dead characters they don't Hmm. have an equivalent in magic and they have their Hmm. own mechanics um and people were uh split on it Mm -hmm. so from here on out Magic the Gathering is going to start doing bigger projects like that. So instead of a handful of cards like The Walking Dead, um, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is a full set uh, for Magic the Gathering. It's going to be released on Arena and Magic Online. It's basically like the next version of Ravnica or whatever, but it's set in the Forgotten Realms. Mm. Um, They've already said, I think, that they're going to do something with Lord of the Rings. Oh, so that's coming as well. Ashley but will yeah, finally start playing Magic the Gathering. Ooh, Adventures of, yeah. I played it in the past. <laughs> yeah, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is um, really the pilot program for that. You know, basically using a, a, a license that they can't possibly lose because it belongs to them. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and trying it out. It looks okay. I'm not really interested in it. I think that... Um, D so and D and Magic: The Gathering are actually kind of weirdly too similar, mm-hmm. yeah, for them to play together very well. And I feel the same way about Lord of the Rings. I, I I'm I'm not very interested in a Lord of the Rings expansion. So this set, so we had uh, two sets ago. We had, um, I forget what that one was. Then we had, oh, it was the uh, the the um uh, the Vikings, yeah, and then Kaldheim. yeah, and so now is this the next set in that in that quarterly block or whatever that they that they release so the next the next set after that is um 
and I'm blanking out on the name, but it's like the wizard school one. Yeah, yeah, the Harry Potter set. Yeah, yeah, that's Hogwarts. But 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 now it's important. It's important that you real that you say that it's actually not a Harry Potter. Yeah, set. right. You can say that yeah, it's yeah. Harry Potter inspired, but now it's gonna become confusing, right? If you're mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. this 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 like last set is like the Mastodon set. It's like, well, no, it wasn't endorsed. Like they're not endorsed by Mastodon. Although they did have Mastodon reveal, uh, reveal one of the cards for Kalheim, mm, which right. was rad. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this latest one is Strixhaven, is what it's called. Right, right. Yeah. Um, owls. It's all about the owls. Yeah. The next one is going to be uh, this Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Okay, so the and I'm, I'm looking at this. Forgotten Realms uh, says previews going on until July 10th. It's going to be an Arena and Magic: The Gathering online launch on July 8th. Pre-release on the 16th through the 22nd. And tabletop release on July 23rd. Looking at this, a legendary creature card, 7-7 Tiamat, legendary dragon, uh, two colorless and one of each color mana, which I think is kind of hilarious if you know about Tiamat. And then you have the giant, let's see, flying creature. When you cast, search your library for up to five dragon cards not named Tiamat. Reveal them, put them in your hand, and then shuffle. Nice. Yeah. So you're you're pulling other dragons out. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, these guys, the Magic the Gathering guys are really really good at like doing mechanics in a way that it it enhances and and sort of vibrates sympathetically with the flavor, right? Tiamat, Mother of Dragons, you basically can explode a bunch of dragons onto the deck or onto the onto the board. Um yeah. you'll have, you know, a gelatinous cube that slowly eats away at your opponents stuff yeah. like that yeah for drizz if you kill a creature uh and it has power greater than drizz who's a three three drizz gains a number of plus one plus one counters equal to the difference nice yeah. so basically drizz is gaining drizz is gaining powers from killing people that's kind of entertaining yep. tasha's hideous laughter Each opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until the player has exiled cards with a total mana value of 20 or more. There's some cards like that right now. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. This, this is the, this is a, it's, it's building on modern magic, the gathering design, right? Yeah. Um, Kaldheim is about Norse mythology. So it had a mechanic that allows you to like basically foretell, that a card is coming, but it's mm-hmm. not called foretell. That's a different thing. Right. So basically it allows you to sort of set this card aside and be like, Ooh, something's coming and then cast it later. Um, so, you know, they, they look at this stuff. They're like, okay, so what are some of the themes here? And then they build mechanics around those themes. Right. Yeah. Almost reverse engineering mechanics from dungeons and dragons using sure, what they have sure. to play with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the only, I think, really new mechanic that they're introducing with the set is called like delve into the dungeon. And so uh, you get these yeah. little dungeon cards and you get basically progressively slightly better perks every time one of your creature delves into the delves into the dungeon. Yeah, I've been looking at those. I don't see an explanation that makes me understand how they work, but no, I don't it, I don't play it's, magic anymore. It's, so, it's yeah. tough. It's complicated actually for it's it's probably one of the more complicated mechanics that they've come up with recently. Yeah. Just because it needs like a separate set of cards. Yeah. Cave of the Frost Dragon is a land. That's funny. Yep. Uh Ashley, let us jump over to the HBO Maxes. 
Yes. DC Comics looks like they're in the works with a Madam Xanadu series, one hour drama series at the HBO Max uh, from filmmaker Angela Robinson, who's writing it. Um, and I'm trying to think that's all they, they really have and that it's dedicated to Madam Xanadu. Cool. I mean, I don't know much about Madam Xanadu, but anything comic book or witchy I am into. And this seems like it sits in the Venn diagram of both those things. Plus I have enjoyed the, uh, formerly DC universe, now HBO max originals, Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much across the board. So I think that's pretty cool. I think it is interesting to use Madam Xanadu, though, because, I mean, she's not as well known, I think, as far as the magic set people uh, inside Mm -hmm. the DC universe. I mean, when you talk about magic set people, I'm really surprised that it's not a Zatanna uh, series. Well, well, isn't she supposed to have a movie? Haven't they been telling us that for my entire existence? I think Zatanna may be too tied to a Justice League continuity. I mean... She's relatively high profile if you get into the whole, you know, Vertigo, Justice League, Dark Reality, your Madame Xanadu. Yeah, I bet you they just have her lined up. They're like, you can't. Plus. Like, you can't do the Sinister Six. Right. But, yeah, but Madame Xanadu has that really cool gimmick of being based on the tarot deck. And, you know, if you're doing something and you're thinking, how can I do an entertaining visual show Mm -hmm. having this, you know, that allows them to do pretty much anything. I mean, you could almost do a tales from the crypt, you know, considering that she did start out as a horror host, uh, rather than a superhero type character. I think you can do tons more with a Madame Xanadu type character than you could with Zatanna, who's more of a clear cut, you know, superhero wearing a top hat. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like Bad Robot is uh, producing this uh, with HBO Max. It looks like they are also working on a Justice League Dark, which would be interesting if they are able to bring John Constantine in there, simply because he's all over Legends of Tomorrow type stuff. Mm. Um, But I think you almost have to, right? Not really. I mean, you can can create a number of of, uh, Constantine analogs, or you can have characters who do the same thing. Yeah, who cover the the spread. Your Phantom Strangers, your Mr. Ease, your Dr. Occult. You could use Dr. Occult in the exact same role as a John Constantine, and all you really have to do is rewrite the dialogue. Could you use um, Timmy from Books of Magic and oh, then no, really see, that'd be, be like, really good. yeah, you could. <laughs> Except but I WBO think and Harry Potter, so yeah. they're definitely not. But you I wouldn't have the tied up issues that you have with Harry Potter. Yeah, you could do Tracy 13 and have some nice representation, get a young LGBTQIA character in there. You know, you can do all sorts of stuff. You can you can do a Hulk riff with uh, Lawrence Blood. Oh yeah, I would I would actually love to see an Etrigan series more so. But see, I think it'd be hard to do an Etrigan series. I think, um, I think it would be just. I know that they're working, like we said, that Justice League dark stuff. I would almost like to see more of an anthology. Not and then maybe at the end, maybe they all come together to fight some some big bad you know, more dream or something. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, an anthology that is, you know, the more magical stuff that takes place in the DC universe. It, it, it sounds good. And it's, you know, partially also because we have a lot of that in the comics, right? There's lots to draw mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, but again, I suppose if you're going to do a horror anthology, you would do house of mystery. Um, sure. but or there, yeah. House of secrets. Yeah. Could, or both. Hell, yeah. I mean, you can, you can do a number of things. I think at this point you could 
I, DC and HBO well, probably house, actually own um, the Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, the the house has actually been appeared in three or four of the animated movies already as mm-hmm. part of the Justice League Dark, sure, you know, headquarters as well as taking them where they need to go, kind of thing. So don't trust the that animated. that Batman and Justice League Dark movie from a couple years ago is like mm-hmm. really really good. Yeah, it really is good. I was really surprised. Also, now that uh, we can talk about it, I didn't talk about it last week, but um, Batman: The Long Halloween Part One, um, actually was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and I'm glad that they kind of broken it into two parts. Now they've got it separated between, you know, one just came out this month. This part two comes out next month. Um, but I thought it was actually really pretty good. And I kind of like that they're keeping it a two parter so that they can get all the holidays and all the months in there, uh, Mm -hmm. through there. I think the voice acting is really good. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's too bad about Naya Rivera. Uh, but I think she did a fantastic job as Catwoman in, in that, uh, in that movie. So, um. I'm still not a big fan of the heavy, dark outlines around all of the characters, but <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Do the, are you trying to like, uh, imitate the style of the, yeah. Of the actual... Ever since, ever since it's, they finished their with new their sort of like yeah. house style that yeah. they're doing in animation. It's not very evocative of the Tim sale art, but that's okay. no, no, no. There's a couple of times where it starts to look a little bit like Tim sale, where you can say, Oh, I can see the yeah, influence, like but they're doing it in this new style with all of, Joker's teeth. Yes. And all of uh, basically uh, anytime, so anytime you have Harvey Dent in a shadow where his face is in two parts, you know, uh, hidden. Yeah. Uh, that, that is very evocative, but yeah, ever since they did their, um, they closed up their flashpoint universe storylines, you know, everything that happened, um, in that new 52 kind of realm, uh, ever since they wrapped that up a year, year, two years ago, everything has been in this Ish, new yeah. style. Yeah. Um, oh. so Yeah. It's it's fine, I guess. I wonder, mm-hmm. like, I wonder if people watch these animated series and they're like, "Hey, that's straight out of like The Dark Knight," right? Because like, I, I, I did I mention that, that to people uh, earlier yeah. this week when I was on the morning stream. Like, look, if you watch this and you're like, "Wow, this feels very familiar to The Dark Knight," you're right because the yeah. book came out before that movie did, and they lifted a lot of stuff for Harvey yeah, Dent's origin. They lifted from... a lot, a, a lot of stuff out of a lot of Batman stories, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they just kind of like strip mine Batman stuff for like the most powerful visuals. It's like, oh, here's Joker burning a giant pyramid of money. Yeah. And it's like, is it, it, does it have something to do with like the way that it works in the book? No, no, it's something else. <laughs> yeah. But here's your burning pyramid of money. Yep. But if people get a chance, I would recommend it. Ashley, you, you got it as well. Did you guys have a chance to watch it yet? Oh yeah. I Did- liked it. I'm trying to reserve my full judgment until we see part two because mm-hmm. it was it's definitely intended to be like a single story. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to take the approach of like, I'm reading the trade, but I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. I like pretty much everything that Tim Sheridan writes. So mm-hmm. very excited to see more. Uh, I hope they send it to me. Thank you, Gary. Oh, I'm sure they will. Uh, Gary is really nice about that. Um, he's the best. Yeah, he is the best. Um, I had questioned Warner Brothers' decision to split the the Dark Knight Returns into two parts. I think that was their first two part animated movie that they did. Mm-hmm. But it's a good one too. Yeah, but even though there was that break, I'm kind of glad they did because they're able to tell more of the story and expand upon certain things. And so when they said parts one and two for um, the Long Halloween, I was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. And especially after you see kind of where it ends, uh, where Batman first thinks you know his first uh, holiday suspect uh, gets uh, taken out of the picture. Mm-hmm. that's really a good place to end the movie 
because it's like, oh, now what? And so now we get to come back and get the the back half of the of the year in that. So I I, I kind of dug that. Um, but yeah, we I, I thought for some reason we had to wait three or four months um, before part two came out, but it's just next month in July when it comes out. It, so. it is coming out right quick. But yeah, I was I was very surprised with that. So um, maybe people I, might. I'm sure wait in the July, long but, term. I'm sure in the long-term plans that were obviously scrapped, it was supposed to be like a Comic-Con and then mm-hmm. like a month after Comic-Con, something like that. New York that, Comic-Con you know? or something, yeah. Yeah. WonderCon and Comic-Con, but yeah. Yeah, but COVID. Oh, here's some uh, follow-up, uh, Matthew, from last week. I think it was last mm-hmm. week when we were talking about uh, Rise of the Beasts and the mm-hmm. uh, Transformers, the next Transformers movie. Yeah, Beast uh, Wars. Ron Perlman will be doing the voice of... Is it Optimus Primal? Uh, Optimus I Primal, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be doing Optimus the voice Primate. Yeah, that's what I call him too. So He's a monkey. Yeah, so it looks like he's going to be doing the voice of that. Not the first time that he has done the voice of Optimus Primate. That's true. He did uh, Optimus Primate in the, what do you call it? The Power of the Primes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I'm actually sort of fine with that. I love that voice. I still feel like, you know, better get Peter Cullen in there if you're going to have the real Prime. I, I think that's kind of what they had said uh, last week is that they expect him yeah. to be Optimus Prime. Right. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, I don't know. I, Beast Wars I was out of, I was out Prime of Beast Wars. And Primal yeah. are different guys, but Megatron is the same guy? Yeah. No, Megatron is not the same guy in Beast Wars. Oh, okay. Not in the, in the Beast Wars show, he's not. He's also Megatron's descendant. Okay, so I'm not as confused then. Yeah. Yeah, I never got into that. I, I was outside the range when Beast Wars came out. The prime mm. prime target audience. We're the same yeah. age, Steven. Are you calling me immature? When, no, I was just, I I was really never into Transformers stuff. Uh, I would yeah. watch it over at my friend Mike's house, also GoBots. <laughs> um, and I thought it was fine. It was interesting, but we would watch it so sporadically, I really couldn't get into the story. Um, you know, the... Uh, ongoing story arcs that they had going. And then by the time I was into college, I was just not into, I was too busy really to watch um, a lot of free cartoon stuff, unless it was Batman. Um, so yeah, you I find really time just, for what you love. Yeah. And I, it's just something that I never really got into. I think the, the shows that I watched in college the most were Batman, the animated series, um, X-Men, the animated series when it was on mystery science theater, 3000, and then we would watch Cheers and uh, what was the other show that was with Cheers? Seinfeld uh, at the bar on Thursday nights. So that was kind of, those those were kind of the shows that I watched. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You guys ever watch those Purge movies? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen them. They're not really my favorite because there's kind of um. What's the word? Okay, so like Gore I watch fast. Unfriended, and in Unfriended, it's like, hey, we're going to see terrible people get murdered, and I'm fine with that. And in Saw, we're going to see terrible people get murdered in horrific ways, and I'm fine with that. But The Purge feels like, uh, to to quote the mighty George, it feels like this could happen. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't necessarily buy into The Purge because I'm like, I live in Kansas. There are people here who are like, Purge? Hell yeah, Purge. Let me get my guns. Yeah, yeah, I I watched uh, a 
part, maybe most of uh, the first purge, right? Which is not the first purge movie, right? right. But right. It's, it's chronologically, the it's the first time that the purge happens. And I was surprised by how actually kind of weirdly maturely it handled, like you know, for a for a hack and slash movie, mm -hmm. uh, how it handled like race issues. And the idea that is like, yeah, rich people don't have to worry about the purge. It's, you know, everybody down here that does. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get a chance to finish it because, again, I was I was watching it at work. Um, so I can't really form anything other than that. Just that I was actually kind of surprised that it was like it was just better because I expected nothing from a purge movie. Mm -hmm. It was a lot better than I expected. The Ash only one that I won't go anywhere near is the election day purge. Mm. Ashley, you just, just kind of laughed at it. Oh, it's just, it could not be less for me. That's all. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's the, what I kind of like, thought. Uh, I know. I know the question was addressed to everyone, but I was like, I don't know why I'm being asked. No, no, no. I, I'm kind of the not, same way. It's not that I don't like, I'll watch a hack slash movie and be like, totally um, happy or a watch like a weird movie. I've been watching a lot of Yodorowsky lately, so like I'm down and whatever. Um, but uh, and I do think the idea for like a horror movie is like really smart and clever. Um, I think the title The Forever Purge is very silly, but uh, <laughs> you know, if they're casting, would love to be in it, but it's just not something that as a consumer, yeah. I, I would be super interested in. That's so all. that's just not the genre of film that you enjoy. No, I mean, I I like horror movies, but um, this is like a weird arbitrary thing. Like some things are too mean for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, see, I know what you're talking about. The purge is is too is too. I'm too delicate. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's very, I would. It's I'd probably cynical. just like cry the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I hated it. I, although we watched one that you should look into, Ashley, this weekend called The Rental. Okay, uh, it's got Allison Brie, and it's directed by Dave, her husband Dave. I like all of those words. Yeah. I watched, a, I, uh, my favorite genre right now is kind of mystery suspense. Although what different sites define as mystery and suspense are <laughs> questionable. Willy Wonka is listed as mystery. I know. Right. Site. And it's just like, mm, okay, that, all right. Uh, there's a them, mystery there. Yes. Uh, one of the movies that I watch is called the lovebirds. Uh, it has, um, the remember. Kumail Nanjiani movie. Yes, it is. Wow. And, and Issa Rae, right? And Issa Rae is, are both in that. And they are a married couple who, uh, not married couple, but they are a couple who um, get involved in a murder in which somebody gets to their car and runs over a, a guy on a bicycle multiple times. And they flee the scene because they think that the police, because they're people of color, are not going to believe them. And so they flee. And then they realize that, that was a huge mistake. And so they think that maybe if they solve who the guy was that got in their car that it will help. Mm -hmm. And so they just, it's not really a mystery of like following clues. It's, um, it's more of a, Oh, here's this thing. Let's go to this thing and have a situation moment. And then that's going to lead us to another thing. And then that leads to a, um, a cult, uh, having an orgy inside of a, of a theater kind of a moment. It's a cute ish movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. I would probably give it three, three slices of meatloaf out of it. Um, I would probably watch it again before I would watch a simple favor, which has Anna Kendrick and Blake lively in it in which Anna Kendrick is this, um, widowed mother of one who meets this really eccentric kind of 
woman of class and kind of, you know, kind of out of her range. And then uh, the woman just disappears and finds up murdered. And and then uh, she kind of starts, uh, Anna Kendrick's character starts uh, having a relationship with the, with the husband and people are trying to find out who done it. And next thing you know, um, Blake Lively's character is alive again. How is this possible? And What's Anna Kendrick. Name? It's lively. Yeah. Um, so that's called Blake a simple deadly, favor. And so that one was okay. I didn't like it as much. And then I went and watched an old mystery movie that I had not seen before called Laura. And oh my gosh, if you have, if you only know Vincent Price, as from the great mouse detective. Yes. If you only know Vincent Price from the great mouse detective, you are in for a treat. If you only know Vincent Price in his, you know, in his, uh, you know, in his seventies when he's uh, singing, uh, you know, singing thriller with Michael Jackson, uh, Laura has him as a love interest. And I just never realized how tall Vincent Price was. He's like six, four, yeah, and, he's, he's a very tall man. And in Laura, he's he's very broad of chest. I mean, he looks like a, you know, he looks like a, a huge leading man uh, in Laura. And this is a story about a woman who um, goes up missing. No one knows mm-hmm. where she's gone to. A uh, police detective is brought in to kind of solve her murder. And Vincent Price is one of the suspects, as well as an older gentleman who has been courting Laura and the detective is kind of following in love with old pictures of Laura and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, going down the list of suspects, et cetera. Yeah. Vincent Price is, uh, is definitely one of the suspects. He yeah. plays a very mean ne'er-do-well, but, uh, the, the thing that I think kills it for him is Vincent Price kind of has that, not an English accent, but, uh, mid-Atlantic, mid-Atlantic accent. Mid-Atlantic accent. received pronunciation. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, but unfortunately he's trying to play somebody from Kentucky. And so if you try to think of the mid Atlantic, trying to do a, a Kentucky We're accent. We're going to have a barbecue, you all. Yeah. It, it just sounded really <laughs> weird. And so about half, halfway, halfway through, halfway through, he kind of drops that accent, but, um, it's a, it was we a very entertaining movie. And at any point? No, no, no. But he, uh, because when he first comes on, I'm like, why is he talking so weird? He doesn't sound like Vincent Price at all. Or it sounds like Vincent Price trying to affect an accent. And then it's like, oh, he's from Kentucky. And it's like, oh. But uh, if people want to see an old movie, an old mystery movie, Laura from 1944 is actually pretty good. Is it on you know, HBO really, Max? I don't know if it's on HBO Max. This is a, and it's, oh, directed by Otto Preminger. The TCM catalog. So Otto, yeah, it's Otto Preminger. It's, uh, what's her name? Jean Tierney plays yeah. Laura. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. like ridiculously beautiful. But you know what's really weird about Vincent Price's uh, mid-Atlantic accent? He's born in St. Louis. Yeah, I was trying to find the... Ah, uh, Missouri's own. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to find trying out to find what studio released this. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, it's like the computer is still going... But something mm-hmm. disconnected, and I'm hoping it's not this breakout box, but it basically stopped. I mean, it, uh, it's not in the final recording, but until the, uh, when everything came back up and uh, audition crashed because everything was screwed up, it, it did hit, have me going, oh, no, 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 uh, which would have been funny to have kept <laughs> that part around. But I don't know what's going on. This is the second time that this thing has crashed. And it's not like the uh, the computer didn't crash. Uh, 
I think it's right. the breakout box, and I think I know why it's crashing. So I may have to go back in and replace a driver. Mm. But uh, yeah, no. yeah, that uh, that kind of freaked me out. Um, so that's 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 not good. I thought it was an electrical problem because the guys that are putting the siding on, um, well, they they plugged into the two forty volts um, by the side of the house, and I thought that maybe they you know they physically wired into mm-hmm. it, and I thought maybe that was doing it, but I I don't know. I think it may be, I may, th- it may be this update that I did to this video driver, but whoo, that was scary. Anyway, Laura, 20th century Fox, yep. it's probably it's on streaming Disney on and prime. Oh, it's streaming on prime. So there you go. If yep. you got prime, Ashley. I mean, I don't, but someone, but in the somebody, somebody, does. somebody, <laughs> oh, that's not, I have prime. that's not a very good Vincent price. That wasn't meant to be Vincent. Oh, price. okay. That was stubby. Uh, let's see uh, a couple of things really quick uh, bef- and then we'll get out of here. Um, <laughs> the Comicron. I know some people uh, real quick. Does anybody have any thoughts on Green Arrow turning 80 and Jon Stewart turning 50? Uh, well, yes. If Green Arrow is turning 80, so is Aquaman. I think he didn't. He turn last year. No, Aquaman and Green Arrow appeared first appeared in the same issue. Mm, okay. uh, more more fun. Number 73 and 41. Oh, poor Aquaman. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Quick and Dr. Midnight and Blackhawk and the Penguin are all turning 80. Yeah, I think there was, you know, there's a discussion probably a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, why are we making a big deal out of Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and not, you know, Robin and Catwoman and Joker and all these others? And it's like, well, at some point you actually run into, you know, yeah. five million characters are all having their, you know, 80th anniversary sure. on the same day. Well, Stripesy and uh, the Human Bomb and uh, Burp the Twerp are all also turning 80 this year. Uh, you know, Rachel Ghoul is turning 52. And Swamp oh, he's Thing. turning 52? Nice. Swamp Thing and the Defenders, 50 also, F you. Oh, okay. Uh, Morbius, Mockingbird, Zippy the Pinhead, all started in 71. Hmm. Uh, the Squadron Supreme. So that's kind of a thing. Um, I'm actually happy that they're recognizing John. Yeah, well, I don't, uh, has DC announced anything for his him by making him the lead of anything? Yeah, I think right. that'd be dope. That'd be nice. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I think you're right. I think they did something about Aquaman's 80th, mm-hmm. and then this that week was last got year. The, yeah, it wasn't last year though. It was earlier this year. Oh, was it? Eh, it all runs. Yeah, today. it was a couple of months ago. But I mean. The last 19 months have all blurred together into an endless, you know, kind of gore. I just wonder, I wonder if we're going to get to a point where we, that, you know, mid 2019 or, you know, mid 2020 or uh, 2022 now is going to become a forgotten time or not. Because, you know, we had the 1918 pandemic, but when you think back to it, everyone's coming out of World War One. And we're seeing some drastic changes in the United States. And so it it makes sense that a lot of people probably forgot about it because of all the other stuff that was going on. Well, what happened in 1921? uh, Well, you're getting close to stock market crash time. I know you're still a few years away from that. That's like eight years. But you're still coming out. You're coming. You're coming out of World War One and you have everybody just kind of. Really focused on, I think, the after effects of of a world war. But who's the president in 1920? I have Herbert? no idea off the top of my head. Taft? Warren Harding? 
Harding? Would it be Wilson? Either Wilson or Harding. I'd have to go back and because Wilson is the World War One. Yeah. I would learn that. Yeah, Wood, Woodrow, Wilson, and Harding. Well, there would have been an election in 1920, so it's probably yeah, Harding. Harding, Harding ah. was 21 to 23. Yeah, and then he died. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Teapot it's, Dome it's, scandal. The problem that I have with presidents is it's just like Super Sentai. I have to start at the beginning and sing it in my head in order to get them right. I cannot just tell you, you know, with the exception of the fact that Millard Fillmore was our 13th president— I cannot tell you anything about any president without starting at the beginning and reading it off in the voice of my fourth. Yeah. So, well, so what was your point? About asking William what Henry the Harris was? said he died in 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch Animaniacs. That's the Simpsons. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. How could yeah. you not watch the Animaniacs? Animaniacs says next to countries back of the world. They blink and there's a guy who's really thinking. Yeah. They also did countries of the, the world. Ship upstate from sinking. They also did the, uh, the great big universe. Did they also do Trustbusters for Teddy? Oh, I think they did, yeah. To the, to the Ghostbusters theme? Yeah. <laughs> Trustbusters! That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch that either. Okay, how, how did you not watch the Animaniacs? I was watching Power Rangers in 1993. Hmm. And, you know, uh, also, uh, Freakazoid. Freakazoid was later. Yeah, Freakazoid was 96, 97, wasn't it? Animaniacs walk so that Freakazoid could run around with his hands up in the air going, whoosh. Yeah. That's <laughs> I want to say that Animaniacs was on in the early morning when I was uh, working and in early college in like 93, 93 I think, no, I think they were, well, I do remember when I was in Atlanta in 95, before they went off the air, they were on in the morning. Well, they were they were syndicated on Fox Kids at yeah. the beginning, which yeah. is I'm pretty sure they were anywhere. afternoon show, but who, whatever, I guess. Yeah, it was a it was a weekday afternoon show for a for a long time. Yeah. That's how I watched them. Yeah, that's how I think I remember seeing it too. Uh, yeah, one final thing before we get out of here, uh, since we are all trying to forget 2020, mm-hmm. let me just ask you guys. May have already looked at the story, but um, comic book sales, comic book sales up in 2020 or down in 2020? You got to remember that for three months or more, a lot of the publishers were like, put your pencils down. We're not releasing anything. We're not doing anything. Diamond was not shipping comics. So comic sales, are they up or down in 2020? This isn't new comic sales, right? Just comic sales in general. Well, this includes, uh, through the book channels. So this would be trade. This includes digital. This is trade paperback. This is individual issues. This is what if Diamond this digital. would this would be what Diamond would normally put out about this time each year, but this year it's uh, Comicron and ICV2 are putting out their annual report. If it includes digital, I vote up because I bought a buttload more comics than I normally would have. Ashley, what do you think? Uh down. And Rodrigo? Yeah, I'm going to say up as well simply because if it includes like back issues of the flash, then somebody wanted that. <laughs> uh, according to ICV two and Comicron, uh, us and Canada were approximately $1.28 billion in comic book sales in 2020, a 6% increase over 2019. Nice. The one that had, and, and, you know, the biggest was through the book channels, right? Uh, mm-hmm. where, where you get that stuff. But because we had single issues through comic book stores way down, um, digital comics, jumped up probably almost twice as much as what they had sold 
in in years previous. Yeah, I know that. Well, and I went entirely digital before 2020, but this year I actually started doing what I used to do at the comic store, which was go in and go, eh, I've got X amount of money. I'm going to buy random books and throw them in a, you know, a digital pile and read them in between calls at work rather than, you know, have them and read them in the living room at home. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it, it's a, I think it's one of those things where people say, you know, all of the home improvement stores sold out, all of the yarn stores sold out. People were looking for things to, fill their time because they weren't leaving their homes and, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't seeing anybody or talking to anybody and they weren't, some people weren't even working, you know, you, you, you couldn't do some things. So you lean on those hobbies. I feel like, yeah, probably we're going to see the same thing in 2021, maybe not as much, but we're going to see, you know, an upward tide in 2021 as well. And, just and based here's, on- and here's what's driving it. Yes. Uh, obviously comic coll- collectibles, uh, was an increase, but, Sales of kids' graphic novels in mass uh, merchants and online drove graphic novel sales early. And as the pandemic went on and anime streaming grew, manga sales took off. In the comic store channel, the seven-week shutdown by Diamond uh, and subsequent publisher cutbacks and periodical releases were a drag on sales, even though uh, even as demand surged in the second half of the year. So um, digital sales, I'm trying to find the exact God, was that a year ago already? I was trying to find the exact amount in digital comic sales uh, that they're that they're quoting here, but it is uh, just looking at the graph that they have on their website. It is double the amount of digital comic sales from the year before, uh, just from looking at the chart. So I think that's I think that's a good sign. You guys, it's July of 2021 almost. Yeah. What the heck? The last time I looked up, it was November of 2019. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. All right, everybody. I think that's where we are going to um, let us go this week, unless anybody else has anything they want to add. Um, Probably not. No, we like talked you. about everything. I think yeah, we have talked about everything. Thank you, everybody, who uh, took the time to take a listen to our show this week. We certainly appreciate you and certainly appreciate all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. We're going to be back with a regular show next week. Oh, hey, just in time for a certain movie. Ashley was talking about it early in the show. Black Widow Volume 1 next week on the Major Spoilers podcast. Why? Because I think there's a movie that's supposed to come out then, or they moved it since then, but I hate uh, trying to line our comic book schedule up with movie releases when they get jumped around so much like they have in the last uh, 20 months. But there you go. Hey, there you go. That's the, the life of a podcaster right here on the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. You can find out more over at Majorspoilers.com. Drop us an email at podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Check out our Patreon page. We certainly appreciate all of our patrons. Patreon.com slash Majorspoilers. And we'll be back again real soon because we know that you love comics and we do too. Fat Dick's Ray Vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this 
plan How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler, yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Raven rich like a man of iron Might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the hard cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Be in the Middle East With a gang sign throwing soldier What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a major spoiler, wow, 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 what a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.